You're listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. The thing that I find about porn, because I've researched so much of it right now, is like any drug, it has an element of you needing more and you needing another thing and you needing another thing. It's the same with cocaine. You can't just have the same amount. You need to have more and more and more. Now, here's your hosts, Tim and Dez. Well, welcome to this week's Momentum. It is uh, Tim and Des uh, with you once again. We are so thrilled to have you tuning in wherever you are around Australia. Really, really appreciate you doing that. And I tell you what, we are going to have a cracking show for you this week. Stay tuned for details. In the meantime, just a quick reminder, our website, MomentumAustralia.org. You can send us some feedback. You can have listened to previous episodes of the show and you can financially support Momentum. Keep us on the air and help men all around the country to do life just that little bit better. MomentumAustralia.org is the website. But into this week's show, Des, I'm going to throw to you and you can introduce uh, this week's guest, my friend. Yeah, we're so blessed with the speakers we have and and today is absolutely no exception. We've got a, a lovely young man who has done some amazing things in his life and is an amazing place right now. He grew up in a Christian home and he's gone through all sorts of trauma in his life and let him talk a little bit about that in a minute. Uh, But let me introduce Matt Lavars. Matt, welcome to Momentum. Thank you so much. Absolute pleasure to be here with both of you. I'm just going to jump straight in, and for the listener's benefit, I'm going to say this is a bit of a hook to give you an idea of where we're going today. (laughs) Matt's worst moments involved drugs, alcohol, porn, and prostitutes. So a couple of reasons I tell you that. Stay tuned. It's It's going to be a pretty wild ride, I think. But also, just a quick reminder, too, if you have little ones around in earshot, um, this is probably not going to be a conversation that's uh, wise for them to be in on. So just maybe uh, put them away somewhere safe, away from what we're about to talk about. But Matt, it is great to have you on the show. Um, so we've, we've already given like the, the tease away. There's a bit of a uh, you know, spoiler alert there about w- where this kind of goes. But tell us a bit about your journey, man, growing up and, and how you ended up in that state. Yeah, well, uh, so I, as you said, I grew up in a, in a Christian family. Um, my mom uh, did, I think, an amazing job to raise me and my two sisters. My mom and dad split up when I was about seven. And for me, that was one of those really big defining moments that I just didn't know what to do with. And I found my community and my culture in friends. And uh, there was a lot of us that didn't have dads. And um, we just did what everyone else was doing. And at that time, it was taking lots of drugs and going to parties. And and I found community there, I guess, to a certain degree. Mm. And so it was very, very easy for me to kind of move down the wrong path very, very early. And when I was a kid, I, I um, actually nearly killed myself a, a number of times just through stupidity. I had motorbike accidents, car accidents, and was very much moving in the wrong direction. But then interestingly, probably at about 20 I was able to kind of turn it around and I, um, I actually, first of all, I need to add in that whilst I grew up in a Christian family, I wasn't a Christian myself. When I was a kid, you know, I went to um, youth group, but I was like sneaking out, smoking cigarettes and sneaking alcohol in places to church camp. And like, I, I never really was being an actual Christian. I was just there because my mom sent me there. <laughs> and actually, I, I really thank my mom now for giving me some of those good values because I reckon they, they've, they've been really useful for me to not end up doing some really stupid stuff <laughs> in my childhood. I think they were a bit of a, a, a governor to a certain degree. But anyway, as I grew up into an adult, I started questioning religion and things. And, and really, I just I landed in, I would say, being pretty much an atheist. So I really loved science and I thought evolution sounded uh, amazing. 
interestingly now, I think the more I learn about science, I think there's no way this can be a fluke. That's insane (laughs) to think that everything has happened by chance. It's crazy. But anyway, I was an atheist and for a long time and actually ended up becoming a life coach. And that's what I've done for the last 10 years. And through that journey, I did a lot of healing and I found a lot of benefit from life coaching. You know, I I learned how to talk about my emotions. Um, I learned how to calm my thoughts to a certain degree. And throughout all of that, I had an addiction to pornography. And the addiction to porn was something that I never really questioned it. You know, I grew up watching porn. I think I first saw a magazine in um, uh, in uh, um, high school and then, you know, then high-speed internet came out and I just watched it on my phone and it was just so easy. And, you know, you watch in movies, guys talk about it. They go, oh, yeah, I watch porn. And, and it, I, as far as I was concerned, everyone watches porn and who cares? And that's where I was at with it. Um, And then as I continue to go through my personal development journey, I stumbled across a couple of videos talking about the negative effect on on your thinking, on your self-esteem. And I thought, okay, well, let me give this a go. But even at that point, because I wasn't a Christian yet, I didn't have any discernment around it being wrong. You know, like I, I, I really feel convicted now. I'm like, I know that this is not what God wants for me. Um, but when I was quitting, I would quit for a little bit and then it would come back. I would quit for a little bit and then it came back. And then I think I kind of just gave into it and I was like, well, I, I'm just going to give in. I'm just going to have this in my life. And then I found it became a bit of an addiction to sex. All of my relationships were based around sex as a primary. You know, I look back at my relationships before God and I think they were, very shallow. And it was just how good looking is the person that I'm with and how much sex can we have? And, and again, I would chat with other guys and they would kind of just be like, that's what it's like, man. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, is it? Yeah. And I just, I, I never had anyone say, yeah, there's something else. Yeah. Um, and then that turned into me going and getting a, a sexual massage. And I remember it just kind of happened every now and then. And I thought, okay, well, this is, something that I'll do every now and then. And then it just started increasing. And then I ended up finding myself seeing prostitutes. And I never thought that I would get to that point, but it was just one thing that led to another. And the thing that I find about porn, because I've researched so much of it right now, is like any drug, it has an element of you needing more and you needing another thing and you needing another thing. It's Mm -hmm. the same with cocaine. You can't just have the same amount. You need to keep on an alcohol. You need to have more and more and more. And I I was doing this and I had it and it was a big secret. And um, one of the things that we talk about in coaching is that shame loves shadows. And so when you have Mm. a problem and you keep it a secret, it makes it worse that it's a secret. You know, there was an interesting turning point. This is all still me being, uh, I guess, an atheist. I tried everything to solve this. And I mean, I tried um, uh, psychedelic drugs. You know, I tried taking um, DMT, mushrooms, um, trying large doses of of marijuana. Um, All, of course, you know, I wasn't a Christian when I was doing this stuff. Um, But I was also looking at all different types of psychology. I looked at um, what's called um, uh, parts theory, which is some really good stuff. I looked at NLP and coaching. and, and, And this is the thing I learned about, everything personal development without God is everything works for a little bit, but nothing fully got me there. 
everything was like, I was like, maybe this will be the next thing. You know, I'd go and see a counselor. Maybe this will be the next thing. And everything gave me a little bit of, of a break, but it never really helped me break through. And I remember I was going for a run and I was just feeling just so much lack in my ability to solve this problem. And at that time, I was actually listening to a Christian radio station because my radio was broken. <laughs> and it was the only radio station that I, that I liked because I generally don't like radio, right? And I was listening to a Christian radio station and they were playing the Hillsong music and, and I was like, there's something in this, but I don't fully like it, but there's something in this. And I was going for a run and I just started crying and I called out to God and I said, if there's a God, you need to help me because I can't do this. And, and I think that was the first moment that I just recognized my inability to solve this problem fully. Hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I was listening to your last, uh, the podcast that you guys just put out um, recently with a Christian life coach. And I remember he said that, you know, my life changed from that moment on. And I hear a lot of people say that, but it wasn't like that for me. It was a progressive year of me asking questions of people and being like, is that what God means? Is that And I wrestled for a long period of time. But over that 12 months, God started doing work in my life. And, you know, now I no longer have the addiction. I'm, I'm married. I'm a father. And, and I just have like so much more joy in my life and peace in my life. And the thing that just hits me all the time when I think about it is I didn't do any of it. You know, I'm not using mm. a technique to get joy, right? Mm. I'm not, I'm not doing something. I'm just, spending time in the word, spending time in fellowship with people and the progressive um, like just sanctification that God's done in my life has just blown me away. It's been amazing. That's really cool. You know, uh, Matt, you know, if there's, there's lots of men listening today for sure who have this, that same addiction, you know, that they, they, they cover it, maybe even the pastors who, who cover up that, you know, that sort of area in their world. What would you say to them in terms of, I mean, now I understand a little bit of your journey, but what would you say to them in terms of why it's not good and why they need to change? Now, there's, there's so many different ways I want to answer that question. But I think one of them is, is one, it's not God's design for us. It's not what he wants us to do. I, I do truly believe that it separates us from God. You know, I would notice that when I was still struggling with that, if I slipped up, that I, I would actually feel a little bit distant from God, like the Holy Spirit wasn't in me. Um, and I can feel the Holy Spirit in me and I can I can tell the difference. So I think that God wants us to be good, great leaders in our community for men and for women. And we can't do that when we have lust in our life. I think one of the biggest things for me was learning about lust, not just porn. There's There's porn. But then there's the energy of lust, which is lusting over just women in general. And again, that's something that I think our culture makes normal. I would speak to a guy. Actually, I remember when I used to do it, a, a good looking girl would walk past and I would look at her and then I'd catch another guy who was looking at her. And then we'd look at us we'd look at each other and be like, you know, we've both noticed this good looking girl. It was so common and yeah. so normal. Mm. And then I, you know, what really hit me was when I became a dad, I thought if I have a daughter, I can't do this. I can't have this lust energy in my family. I need, I need to get rid of it. And that was the beginning of me going on the quest to try and solve it. Um, but so that's the first thing. It's not in our design. Um, but the second thing is, is I really do believe that it changes our relationship with women profoundly. 
Um, we are supposed to be as men, we're supposed to be protectors of women. Hmm. One of the things that I talk about is like porn makes you look at women, not in regards to their worth and what you can, um, how you can help them or what you can do for them or how you can love them. But it says, what can I get from you? Hmm. I want to use you. I want to get something from you. And um, I really wrestled with that because I, when I became aware of that, that was what was going on and I knew that it wasn't good. I wanted to shift that and I wanted to get into a place where I could look at a woman and, and see her heart instead of just see her body. Mm-hmm. Matt, w- w- you've mentioned obviously that you're through the other side of this now, right? You, you've done the recovery process. Now you're free of this addiction in your own life. And, and many men listening right now would want to know, okay, so give me the secret. What's the thing? How do I do this? How do I get to where, where Matt is, right? So before we go to the break, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say let's come back and talk about your recovery process because that's really what men want and they want to go look I'm I'm in the same place as Matt I've tried I've failed I keep you know binge purge whatever it may be I can't get rid of this stuff so we'll come back and talk about that but before we go there you know we've talked with Greg Bondar recently about some of the reasons why men get into this and for you you said it was a magazine at school and for most of us it's accidental our first look at something that's inappropriate is you know, an accident, you know, it's something as a kid or someone brings something into school or we stumble across something on the internet or whatever it may be. But tell me about from your experience now, what is it that men um, keep going back to with porn? Is it that they're numbing? Is it that they're fantasizing? Is it that they, they haven't dealt with some stuff in their childhood and they're, they're soothing them? Like what are the reasons men turn to this as a escape or an outlet? Well, I think that a major part of it is really stress relief. And it was that for me. And and I've spoken to so many men about this that they don't even enjoy it. They're just doing it to calm down. I speak to a lot of guys that are doing it because it's the only way they know how to get to sleep. So I, I think that as a culture, men are usually pretty badly equipped to deal with their emotions. And then that leads into being badly equipped to deal with stress. You know, most men withdraw when it comes to dealing with stress. So they don't know how to talk to their wives or yeah. talk to their friends. They just go into the, you know, into the shed, right? Mm. Or mm. overwork or, you know, some men it'll be, I'll go to the pub. And so I think most men have a avoidance strategy. Mm. Porn really fits into that because it's secret. No one knows about it. You can do it really quick. It doesn't really cost you any money. Or it doesn't have to cost you any money. Um, and it's just such a quick and efficient and easy way to stress relief, and it's also a way for you to connect to yourself. Um, and so one of the things that I talk about in recovery is we need to understand that as men, we're, we're wired for intimacy. There's actually a really great book called Wired for Intimacy um, written by a Christian author um, that talks about the importance of recognizing that as men, we need fellowship, we need connection, we need to be close to our wives, close to our kids. We can't just look through that old paradigm of, it's cool, you know, I don't have any emotions, I'll be fine, you know, I'm tough, I'm strong. You know, that stuff just doesn't, it just doesn't work. It's not our design. Our special guest this week on Momentum is Matt Lavaz. And uh, stay tuned because we're going to hear on the other side of this break, Matt's journey of recovery from his porn addiction. So stay tuned for that. In the meantime, mattlavaz.com is Matt's website. You can find out a bit more about Matt. And of course, momentumaustralia.org is our website. A whole bunch of stuff there about the show and previous episodes of the show too. 
which we've mentioned uh, throughout the uh, the beginning part of the show. But love you to check out the website where we take a short break, MomentumAustralia.org, and we'll be back with Matt Lavaz real soon. Stay tuned. You're listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. Find out more at MomentumAustralia.org. Hi, welcome back to Momentum uh, with Tim Mendes. And today we have got a really amazing guest, a really open and honest guy called Matt Lavard. And so welcome back to the second half of the show, Matt. Thank you so much. Really looking forward to it. One of the things we talked about in the first half was um, the relationship um, that we have if we're dealing with pornography to women and and the impact of that, and whether it's a wife or whether it's a girlfriend or just women in general, you know, obviously there's an impact. Can you talk about that? Yeah, definitely. I think that the the, the thing that happens is actually before before I give the answer, I think that our culture makes pornography normal, and we need to appreciate that we live in a in a sex crazed world. You know, and a lot of people go, oh, what are you talking about? But if you look at it, even just look at how progressive things have become over the last 20, 30 years, man, I, I don't even, there's no way I'd go to a nightclub as a, as a married man. I don't want to go to a bar. Sometimes I even want to go to the beach. People are half naked everywhere. Hmm. It's, it's becoming more and more acceptable. And I understand that it's, it's, you know, it's progressive and we've got to accept it. But I don't think people can appreciate what happens to the male mind. You know, we're a, we're a visually driven mind and we are programmed to want to procreate. We have a different libido. And so I think, first of all, we need to appreciate it's everywhere. It's in music. It's in movies. It's on the street. It's on billboards. And what this does to our brain, there's a study. Uh, I can't remember exactly what it's called, but it's like a, a supernormal effect. And so what they did is they looked at, for example, um, uh, they looked at butterflies uh, that were supposed to be mating. And what they did is they took away the opposite sex and they put in a cardboard cutout of a butterfly um, 10 times as big, 10 times as colourful, and the butterfly would want to mate with the cardboard cutout, right? And then what they did is they then put put the, the live one back in and the butterfly ignored the live one and tried to mate with the cardboard. Now, this is what happens to men, hmm. It stops us from relating to women in general. It stops, it kills our sex drive. Um, a lot of men talk about this and this happened to me. I didn't want to have sex with my, with my partner because I, I wasn't turned on anymore. I didn't have the drive because pornography was so good. And that made me depressed. You know, I, I felt isolated. I think my self-esteem decreased. Um, I started overthinking things. I started doubting things and I felt awkward around women. Um, so there's this massive um, benefit to being able to just get out of our life. I, I, I really, when I, when I was researching porn, I, the, the statement that I love the most is the best antidote to a porn addiction is a great life. And I really believe that, that one of the things that we need to do is look at our life and say, what's our, how's our, do we have a relationship with God? And for those of you that maybe aren't Christians, that's something to explore. And for those, those of us that are Christians, sometimes we might fall away from it. And we need to get back into, into time with the word and fellowship. But what is our relationship like with our kids, with our families, with our friends? Are we doing things that we enjoy? Because most of the time when people have a porn addiction, especially if it gets bad, we, we isolate um, and it negatively impacts us in, in phenomenal ways. Like I even noticed a couple of months afterwards, I had a better relationship with myself. Like I had a bit more self-esteem. Things just started to shift. You mentioned before that shame loves shadows, and I think that's such a, a great saying and so true. 
because the reality is that many men listening right now, you know, they, they can relate to everything that you've just said. It's like, yeah, I totally get that. I feel shame around this. I hide this. So let's let's then throw the million dollar question at you, Matt. And this is, you've broken free from your porn addiction. And there's many men who've perhaps tried this, who are listening right now. Um, they have moments where they're free, but they find themselves going back into it. You know, they do the binge purge cycle, whatever it may be. So tell us about your road to recovery. What has actually worked for you that you can share with men today? Well, so I break it down into three steps. One, it's you've got to deal with the shame. Two, you've got to actually deal with the triggers. Um, it's the same as really any addiction. Like you can't give up smoking. If you live around three people that smoke cigarettes, it's going to be a hard deal. And then we have to replace the habits. And that's where it's, you know, we've got to build a great life. So that's the three things. So shame, shame, love shadows. That just simply means you keep it a secret. It makes it worse. You feel worse about it. You've got to hold on to this burden. And so you've got to tell someone, tell your wife, tell a friend, tell a coach. And if you're a Christian, like put it at the foot of the cross, ask for forgiveness. You know, one of my favorite um, stories from the Bible is when Jesus is being put up on the cross and he's being persecuted by the guy on the left, but then the guy on the right says, this guy's the son of God. Hmm. And in that moment, he's been a sinner his whole life, but in that moment he gets forgiveness. Hmm. To me, that just shows me how much, how great forgiveness is from God. It's like done, ask for it, done. You don't have to plead for it. You you get it. Matt, can I just jump in for one second? Because you 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 threw in there about telling someone, right? And the last people that men would think of telling is their wife, <laughs> right? So let's just talk about that for a moment because we can maybe go to a mate, probably more comfortable if we go to somebody we don't know, like a counselor or, you know, maybe even our pastor if we don't know, whatever. But telling our wife, just speak into that for me. Is, is that is that like the first person we should tell or should we perhaps deal with some stuff first and then maybe come back to that one or maybe not even go down that track? <laughs> like, what are your thoughts about it? I, I don't think there's a direct answer to that, but I will just say this, that um, there's, a, there's a really great family therapist. His name's John Bradshaw. And a line that I took from him that I find really useful is families are as sick as their secrets. Wow. wow. The more secrets that we have, the more of a wall we have with people. It's like saying, well, you can have this part of me be kind of that part. And I don't think we have to go into extreme detail, you know, sit our wives down and go, Hey, you know, I've got 30 years of mistakes before I met you. So, you know, take a week off work and you know, bring some <laughs> tissues. Let's not this out. <laughs> <laughs> I need to get this off my chest. So that's not what I mean. But if you're harboring something like she already knows, you know, this is the thing that I know. I don't know that much about women, but the thing that I know is I do believe they're smarter than us. <laughs> they, they, they know, right? So they'll know you're hiding something, you're holding something back. And I, and I do think it's negative to our relationship to harbor that. But in saying it, maybe you don't have to go there straight away. You know, I, I, I spoke to friends first, um, but I could feel it on my heart that I needed to be upfront with my wife about it. But, I, but for me as well, you know, I was not just watching porn. Like for me, it became, um, it was, I wasn't married at the time, but I was with uh, my wife that I'm with at the moment. I actually was, we were dating and I just thought, you know, I, I need to be honest and I, I need to tell you. And, and it was, it wasn't, wasn't a confession of just what I've been doing. It was a confession of my helplessness and my addiction and the problem that I had, you know, it was a very, very different thing to, 
you know, I slipped up and cheated on you and I like this person. Hmm. I have a problem and I don't know how to solve it. And, and so that's kind of the, I guess, the way the confession works. But, you know, I don't think there is a one size fits all on how to approach that and when to do it. And I don't want anyone thinking, <clears throat> you know, they need to bust down the door and just go in and tell their wife right now whilst she's in the middle of birthing <laughs> their next child or something, you know, <laughs> there's an <laughs> appropriate time. and yeah. For sure. And also each, uh, each wife, girlfriend, partner would be different and would respond differently to those things. And so we, we need to be a lot smarter than we probably normally are about how we're going to approach that. And certainly, you know, from a momentum point of view, we're always encouraging men to get alongside somebody who can become a great mate, who they can trust. Um, and even before you, you find you've got a problem, get that mate and get that mate in your world so that whenever things go wrong, you get somebody you can go and talk to and trust. Yeah, definitely. I, I do find that um, the relationship that I have with shame has shifted since being, becoming a Christian because previously it was, can I forgive myself? And then that changes to, can I have forgiveness from God? Mm. And for me, there's a very, very different experience there where I can feel the forgiveness, the grace of it's done. Yeah. It's, it's over. So the first thing is you've got to deal with the shame. Because we need to be able to reset because the shame actually, it's called a shame cycle. The more bad, the, the, the worse we feel about ourselves, the more we want to use the drug again. Mm. We need to be able to reset. Um, and that's why support groups are a great idea and men's groups and, and fellowship. So that's the first step. So within step one, I would also add in though, get educated and develop some awareness around why it's not good for you. Um, I've got, for example, on my website, there's a free course you can download. Um, I know a lot of other people have great free resources that you can get in and just start to learn about what it's doing to your brain. You know, it's literally, there's, there's studies that will show that it is changing the shape of your brain. It, it is not good for us in any way at all. No study says it's healthy. You know, whilst a lot of people try and say that it is, it's not good for us. The second thing is we need to remove the triggers. So a trigger is something that's going to make you want to go and do it. So for me, it was social media. Um, I've literally, like any women that were dressing scantily on social media, I apologize to you, but I had to delete. I had to get rid of it. Like I still mm -hmm. use social media for work, but to me, social media was like half soft porn. You know, I can't even go on Instagram and, and that might seem weird, but I can't do it. It's it's this close to porn. It's so close. Yeah. Um, I no longer watch movies that include nudity in them. And I, and even saying this, there's a part of me that's like, you've gone too far. But I feel like that's what I needed to do yeah. to put myself back into a world. And I think about this. I think about, you know, the times when um, Jesus was with the apostles, like they were wearing robes and potato sacks. But now we go for a walk and it's normal to see a girl half naked walking down the street. Mm. It's just no one, no one blinks an eye. That's just the way it is. And I don't think we're designed to deal with that amount of nudity on a consistent basis. So um, the other thing that I, that I highly recommend is you can download free apps. Um, you can just Google them, but there's apps you can download that will block out your phone from being able to access any um, uh, adult websites. Also, it's to make sure you set up your environment in a way where maybe you're not alone. 
when you would go and use pornography, um, take the computers out of certain rooms. Yes. Um, like just set yourself up where you're not going to have to rely on willpower all the time. Hmm. And certainly one of the things that we've said in the past on the show is if you've got an iPad and you're using your iPad to watch pornography, take it out of the bedroom. Yeah. Leave it in your office. Leave it in the lounge room, somewhere where, you know, you're not even be tempted. Hmm. 100%. So important. And so the replacing, you talked about building a, a great life, Matt. Tell us a bit more about then once we've got to this point where um, we've dealt with the shame, we're aware of our triggers. How do we do this replacing thing? What do we replace something like this with? Yeah, well, so one part of it is understanding what uh, our emotional needs. So we all have what's called an emotional need, just like we have physical needs. And the way I like to talk about needs are they're not wants, they're needs. So, for example, um, we need sunlight. We all know that. We need um, protein. Uh, we, we know that. You can't just say, I'm tough. I don't need protein. You know, I don't need sunlight. You know, I grew up, you know, in the Antarctica. It doesn't matter. You need sunlight, otherwise you'll get depressed. You need protein, otherwise you'll essentially die. You need oxygen. You don't have a choice. And I think for men, we need to be educated to know that we have emotional needs. You know, I, I grew up thinking I'm a man, I'm tough. Uh, I don't need to talk about stuff. That's what That's what women do. And I think that's so silly, but I think a lot of guys still think that about themselves. So the needs that we have is we need intimacy. And the way that we get intimacy is usually by talking about stuff. Hmm. You know, one of the things I think is important about intimacy is understanding that um, um, closer, closeness, proximity doesn't equal intimacy. Yeah. If you sit next mm -hmm. to a friend, but you just zone out and watch a movie, you're not really connecting. You're just close to each other. And so we connect through conversation. Um, I think one of the things that's quite important for us to learn to do as men is to talk about how we feel and talk about it to other men and let people know, you know what, I'm really worried about this. I'm really nervous about that or I'm scared about this. And when we do that, <clears throat> we feel close to people. There's an emotional connection that comes from it. And I think a lot of the time when we don't have that, we get a pseudo amount of uh, um, intimacy through porn. So the first thing is to replace the habit of good relationships, learn how to open up, learn how to talk about our emotions and create good quality fellowship that's not just surface-based, how's the footy going? It's also, hey, you know, you've been a little bit un uh, unwell. Tell us about how you feel and that must be, that must be challenging for you. So I, I think that there's a real um, gap there for most men because we're not taught how to talk about our emotions, but that's one major thing. And then the next thing is to build habits like exercise um, into our world. I, I highly recommend anything that is a healthy hit of dopamine because one of the things that porn is, it is a bucket of dopamine. It is just a bucket of artificial feel-good. And we get feel-good emotions from other stuff like bike riding, hiking, going for a run, going to the gym, doing some boxing, going for a surf. And so one of the things that I recommend men to do when I'm working with them is to actually create a list of all the different ways that they can get dopamine and include as many as they can into their day so they're not just going through a cycle of waking up, checking their phone, working for eight hours, coming home, zoning out on TV, and then, and then you know, having a 
average conversation or just, you know, kind of not really being present to the kids and then going and watching porn because they haven't had any great life in their day. You know, a major antidote to giving up porn is really just developing a lot of great energy inside our day. Mate, just one thought for men listening right now, and we, we've had the, the three things there, which is dealing with the shame, looking at the triggers, and then replacing, um, you know, those things. Um, along the journey, you know, there'll be the, the ups and the downs and the, oh, we've maybe, you know, had a bad a moment, we've fallen off the wagon, you know, to speak speak to men about the journey because for some it's going to be they, they get on this journey and they just nail it, right, and they – they don't look back. For some, it'll be the hit and miss, the up and down. We, 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 you know, we have moments where we miss it, and whatever. Just speak, speak into the, the final moments that we've got for the show. But speak into those moments for men listening who might fall off the wagon at times and then want to beat themselves up and just go, oh, "It's a waste of time." I'll just slip backwards. Just speak into that space because I'm not sure if that happened for you, and if you want to throw that in there. But, but some encouragement to men along the journey where they they may well go backwards a step, but to keep moving forward. Yeah, it's a really good point. So um, for me, it was definitely progressive. It was little wins and then I would fall back and make a mistake and have a moment of stress that I didn't know how to handle. And, and I think it's important to understand that um, it's about progress, not perfection. It may take some time for you to completely win the battle against this. And I also think that it's important for us to appreciate we really do live in a sex-crazed world. So you're doing it in a time when it's probably the hardest right now than it was even if it was 100 years ago. It would have been easier. You know, obviously we have high-speed internet in everyone's pocket everywhere all the time. You know, it's crazy. I don't know if you guys remember when they had internet cafes and you had to pay money to use the internet. (laughs) I certainly The (laughs) dial-up. Yeah, dial-up and someone will pick up the phone and disconnect you. Like now it's like it's on the phone. It's crazy and it's just going to get better, Um, you know, technology will. So I think it's really important to understand that when you make progress, and there's actually a study that I looked at that proves this, but say, for example, you didn't watch it for a week and you used to watch it every single day you slipped up once, you actually don't go back to the beginning. You're not starting again. Mm. You just click back a little bit. So you're still better off than you were when you hadn't um, stopped at all. And I remember reading that in a study and I thought, wow, I I feel like I really needed to know that because sometimes I would go for two months and then I'd slip up and I think, man, I'm right back at the beginning, but I'm not. I've still progressed. My relationships have increased. I've got more peace. I've got more joy. Sure, I slipped up. but And, and that's why you've got to go back to those initial steps. In that moment, you've got to have someone you can tell, mm. right? And then you go back to creating great habits and eventually you get stronger and you get stronger and you get stronger. And and, and I really um, have benefited massively from, from prayer. You know, I've, I've prayed my way through this. I know a lot of people probably talk about that unresourcefully, like that it's like everything's done with prayer but you know it's uh it's been a combination of prayer and the work that god's done in my life and then those three steps which have been amazingly important well that's it for this week's momentum thanks so much for tuning in hope you enjoyed the show just reiterating matt's website is mattlavaz.com encourage you to go and have a look at that and check out more about matt and what he does and if he can be of help to you right now Also, the main Momentum website, MomentumAustralia.org. You can find out more about Momentum, who Des and I are, what we hope to achieve through this radio ministry. You can hear previous episodes of the show. And of course, if you'd like to keep Momentum on the air all around Australia, impacting men all around this nation, uh, you can provide a donation. 
that is suitable for you that will keep this uh, this program on the air and impacting men's lives all around Australia. Details at MomentumAustralia.org. Hey, thanks again for your support. Thanks again for tuning in. Hope you got something from the show. Can't wait to catch you next week right here on Momentum. Until then, you take care. God bless. You've been listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. For more information or to hear this week's show again, go to MomentumAustralia.org. You can also access a whole range of resources to help you on your journey and to get in touch with the team at MomentumAustralia.org. Until next time, keep moving forward with Momentum. Momentum.